Good morning, West Jesse Olson to 1520 WCHE, the Connor and Mark Show. We are back here 10 in the morning this Saturday. Glad for everybody you're listening. Uh, not in the studio this week, though. Mark is calling in once again. Uh, Mark, what's going on, man? Good morning, though, on this Saturday. Good morning, brother. And calling in from on the road, uh, on the way to a hockey game and in the tournament this weekend up at Oaks. So, uh, fortunately, couldn't be in the studio this week, but um, still getting it done on the road, like I said, and, and uh, excited to you know, dive into the show today and the, the topics we got on the rise. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot to talk about, I think. And I know that the Phillies played yesterday, the doubleheader, they split with Miami. Uh, but they did add a half a game there. Now they're three out in the NL East. I believe the Mets lost last night to the Pirates, if that's uh, for sure. So the, the Phillies are three out uh, on Miami after splitting. They do have a game today. Uh, they have two more in this series, and then they hit the road up in New York. Still a lot to talk about there. And then the Flyers next week are going to be in the expansion draft. Today we'll learn who their protected list is going to be. We're also going to be talking a little bit about that. Uh, and diving into what to expect with the Flyers and the expansion draft for the new NHL team in Seattle, the Kraken, as well as some rumors with the Philadelphia Eagles that uh, kind of got sparked a little bit this week uh, as it pertains to Deshaun Watson, the quarterback out of Houston. I know there's a lot of uh, legal trouble around him, but uh, there's been some rumblings with the Philadelphia Eagles and how that pertains with Deshaun Watson. Also, another rumor that's been swirling with the Damian Lillard to Philadelphia. Maybe if he requests a, requests a trade out of uh, Portland, maybe he finds his way to Philadelphia, which would be a, a perfect uh, match for for what Darren Murray and the 76ers are looking for. So a lot to talk about, but uh, Mark, I know you want to start the Philadelphia Flyers as the expansion draft is going to be, I believe, Wednesday, uh, or is it Thursday? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I believe it's going to be Wednesday, uh, the expansion yeah, draft. Wednesday. Yeah, for the NHL, 32nd team, the Seattle Kraken. Uh, they'll be picking one player from each team in the Flyers today. Actually, I believe around 5 p.m. they'll announce, uh, every team will announce their uh, protected list. Uh, for the Flyers in this expansion draft, those will be players exempt from being taken by the new Seattle Kraken team. And and uh, there's some names, obviously, we talked about last week. So I'll throw it over to you to start off. And I know there's a lot of uh, names that have been thrown around there. I know that Jake Voracek's a big name that's probably going to be left unprotected. Uh, James Van Reems, like a, a top six forward who can score, is going to be a name unprotected for the Flyers. And maybe even Shane Gossespair. But uh, Sam Carcidi, who covers the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, put out this protected list on his Twitter. Um, he said he this is the projected list. He thinks Giroux, who has a no movement clause, will be protective. Kevin Hayes, Sean Couturier, Scott Lawton, Travis Konechny, Oscar Lindblom, and, and Nolan Patrick are the forwards who will be protected, as along with uh, Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim, and Phil Myers as defense. And then, obviously, Carter Hart and Net will be protected. Uh, so, Mark, looking at the three names I just threw out before and the protected list that's projected, we don't know for sure yet. They'll be around 5 o'clock today. Uh, is it, have you changed your tune on who you think could be drafted by the Seattle Kraken from the Philadelphia Flyers, or are you, are you leaning a certain way? Where, where are you thinking here from this Saturday as we probably have a couple more days to the expanded draft? Yeah, I mean, the, the big name, obviously, and the name we were talking about last week was State Forward and he's probably still a, a main option aside of, you know, KBR. But I think the only way... You know, you go with Voracek as if they can make this trade, and I believe they have till Tuesday um, to get this trade done. So I think that's going to tell a lot, and, and I know the, um, you know, draft is Wednesday. I mean, obviously Van Riemsdyk's a, a prime name as well. Probably coming off of one of his best career um, high in goals last year. Uh, I, I personally don't think he can replicate that production um, going into next year, um, and, and I think – uh, if he did get taken, it, it would be, you know, again, it would be a little bit of a softer blow just because I don't think he's going to replicate the production of last year. Um, and then Ghost is always an option. He's, you know, he he's a player to me that I think if he goes to a team that fits his style of play, which is, you know, uh, highly offensive defenseman play, um, he could be successful elsewhere. So obviously those three names are still the biggest. Um, and, and here's one I'll throw out. I mean, Nick Oblake-Hubel, he's not going to get protected. Um, you know, obviously there are some better options on this Flyers team, but depending on who the Kraken take, um, you know, they might be looking for a guy who has some energy and, and is a good PK guy like uh, Oblake-Hubel. So still up in the air. Um, I personally would like to still see Voracek go. I think, you know, his time's just up here in Philadelphia, but, um, you know, I think JBR is, is definitely a name that is highly in consideration to go to the Kraken. Yeah, I know. And that's probably the biggest name. And, and I know there's been a lot of 
circles talking about James Van, uh, not JVR, uh, Voracek, uh, Chuck Fletcher is talking about him. Obviously, when you're a guy uh, like Voracek who's been around the Flyers for a very long time and has had the success uh, that he has had, that that really reserves a, a, a specific conversation about the future, where he stands and where uh, the Flyers want to go with Voracek. And I know that's a name that... Um, that's a name that it has a really good chance of getting drafted. And I know that he's carrying that $8.5 million uh, contract, and that's a lot of money in hockey that they could possibly free up for them to go out and get a bigger need, like a right-handed defenseman or maybe a third-line center, something that they're really looking for uh, for some help. And and I know that we talked about JVR, and I know you brought up Nico Bakubel. I think those are the four names that they're really looking forward uh, on Saturday and really has the most likely chance of getting drafted. I know that Nolan Patrick is getting protected. I know probably some fans are surprised by that after the disappointment that he's put forward. But you don't want to give up a Nolan Patrick for nothing at this point because I think if he was unprotected, then uh, I think Seattle would, would definitely take a chance on him. I know he's a younger guy on the chief contract who's selected two overall, so he still has a lot of upside. But um, I, I still think, even though that Patrick protected in this uh, projected um, list here so far, I still think that's not exempt from him moving on, uh, finding another suitor uh, from another team and trying to get something back from him. I, I just think that at this point, the Flyers uh, absolutely need a right-handed defenseman to pair up with Ivan Brorolf on the back end and then get a, a third-line center for some help. Whether they go... Uh, you know, from free agency or a trade, that's what sh- that's up to Chuck Fletcher. But um, yeah, I, I also found another interesting move as as it pertains to the Flyers. Uh, the Minnesota Wild bought out both Ryan Suter and Zach Parise, both two cornerstones of that franchise uh, that's been there for a while, and they were brought in together as a, as a tandem to sell to that Minnesota you know fan base. They were both bought out, and uh, Chuck Fletcher signed both of them in Minnesota. What do you think the likelihood is that they go after a Zach Parise or a Ryan Suter to get some veteran presence in that locker room? Yeah, I mean, you make a great point there. He was the GM in, in Minnesota, and he did bring those guys in. Obviously, a little bit of, um, you know, on Parise's front rather than Suter, but a little bit of disappointment and, and um, you know, performing below expectation. But, you know, I think Suter's a guy that's obviously a little older, but definitely poised, definitely experienced. And like you said, the, the Flyers really need a right-handed defenseman or really a defenseman with a veteran presence for that matter. And, and I think Ryan Suter obviously got to figure the money out and everything, but I think Ryan Suter would be a great um, fit on this Flyers team. And and I think he would take a bit of a Matt Niskanen role, you know, a bit of a veteran presence. Um, you know, obviously not an offensive defenseman, which the Flyers really need to move away from um, and, and find a guy who can stay on the back end for him. So, um, you know, I, I think Suter would be a good option. Uh, again, the money is the biggest thing here, and, and I think if you get rid of Voracek, um, a guy with a very big cap hit, as, as you alluded to, I think that's going to open up a ton of options for this Flyers team, and, and I think we could see a, a pretty different roster um, you know, in the sense of some big names on this team next season. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And before we hit the break here, I do want to, uh, you know, preface this when the, as it pertains to the Flyers. You know, like we said, obviously the projected list earlier, you got G. Hayes, Couturier, Lawton, TK, Lindblom, Patrick, Brovy, Sanheim, Myers, and Hart as projected. Uh, and then we'll know for sure around 5 o'clock. Uh, Mark, before we go off the top, before we go to break, I do want to ask you, do you still hold that prediction uh, from last week's show, or do you still think there's a different name that the Seattle Kraken could take away from the Flyers uh, coming Saturday? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick heavy on Voracek. I think he... You know, I think there's a will, there's a way, and they're going to find a way to get him, you know, out the door. And, and again, it's the contract. It's the money for me. I think that's the biggest thing that they have to figure out um, because if they can really get that off the books, uh, I think they can, again, really find themselves in a good position this offseason um, and, and have some options. So um, I'm going to stick with Voracek. I think JVR is a very close second. I think he may even be tied. Um, but I'm sticking true to my word. I think Voracek's going to be a, uh, I guess you would pronounce it, a Kraken. Uh, yeah, I know. There's definitely something uh, Seattle's got to sell uh, to their fan base. I think Voracek could be a pretty big-time player to bring in. So I'm sticking with Voracek, too. I think that's probably going to be a pick for Seattle Kraken. Uh, we're going to have a break here on the Connor Mark Show, 1520 WCHE. But, but when we come back, we're going to talk Phillies. They spilled with Miami yesterday. Go, uh, They are now three games back from the NL East. They got a game today against Miami uh, with Vince Velasquez come back on the mound after a disappointing performance against Boston before the All-Star break. He'll be back on the mound, digging on Miami. And then the Zach Wheel will be wrapping up tomorrow on the mound for the Philadelphia Phillies. So... Uh, the, the trade deadline's coming up. We're going to talk about some options there. And, and an old familiar friend, Cole Hamels, had a little uh, tryout 
yesterday through about 60 pitches. The Phillies are looking for some starting pitching. Do they revisit an old friend? Connor and Mark show here, 1520 WCHE. We'll be right back. Show we're back. Uh, obviously, to go over the expansion draft for the Philadelphia Flyers next week, and, and a little bit of Phillies yesterday as they split. Uh, won the first one in the doubleheader five-two, but actually came back with a clunker, seven-zero uh, to the Miami uh, Marlins. Mark, I know that the Phillies are on the stove here as the trade deadline is fast, fast approaching, and Dave Dombrowski, uh, the president of the Philadelphia Phillies, is is looking like to be a buyer because the Braves did go out and get Jock Peterson, a uh, corner outfielder, after Ronald Acuna suffered a torn ACL, is done for the year. But they're still going for the division title. It's it, it's up for anybody as the Phillies are three games back, and it's kind of all clumped up with the the Mets on top, Phillies, Braves, and then uh, Nationals. But uh, I, I do want to talk about some names that are thrown around on the trade options uh before we get into that though cole hamels threw a little uh uh tryout session for some teams and the phillies were there in attendance i, I know that's a lot of nostalgia that comes with the cole hamels obviously one of the best pitchers in philadelphia phillies history he's 37 years old I, I i don't know if he's better than matt moore i don't know if he's better than vince velasquez at this point but uh you know why not give that guy a shot and see if uh, he'll definitely sell some seats and some uh uh, some tickets for the front office, but uh, would you bring him in a serious uh, starter going into this run for October? Absolutely. 100%. I would, you know, obviously got to see what he's got, but you know, as we were just discussing before the break, I mean, you got Matt Moore, you got Vince Velasquez, your options really aren't um, all that great in that sense. So I would give Hamels a, a run. I know he uh, only pitched, I believe one time last year for Atlanta. Um, so obviously a little bit of time off, but like you said, if you can give them some time and, and obviously use more and, and uh, Vinny V in the interim, I believe he would be a great option if he can get back to, um, you know, a, a pretty much a, a version of what he was um, before the Braves. I believe he was with the Cubs for a little bit. So, um, you know, I, I would take it for sure. I think he would be a good fit, um, you know, starter. And, and, you know, even in, in terms of the deadline, I mean, Great to hear that the the you know the Braves made a move and, and gave some Phil some incentive. Um, I know we were talking a few weeks ago about you know potentially selling. Um, yeah, I think you really got to obviously make your mind up here. Do you you know you want to do you think you have an opportunity to pursue the NL East? Um, and and right now it seems three games out. Obviously you do. And and um, I know we were talking Boston's a big name that the you know could be potentially coming to the Phillies. Um, some other names. Here's the thing again, Connor, what, what do we have to offer? And, and that's going to be, um, you know, the biggest challenge for Dave Dombrowski at the deadline. However, you know, past years, not a lot of confidence in, in, you know, the guys calling the shot to the top. I think Dombrowski can figure something out. Um, I think he can put a little package together to, to go out um, and, and get a guy that, you know, could really help this Phillies ball club. And, and, you know, like you said, Buxton, I think he would maybe be the best target. Um, you know, a little injury prone, but definitely uh, would shore up that outfield, um, you know, wary that, that we all have as Philadelphia uh, Philly fans. I agree. And I, and as it pertains to Cole Hamels, I'll touch on this. I, I would definitely think about it. I wasn't there in attendance, obviously, on Friday to see how he looks and how healthy he is, because that's obviously the biggest issue is his shoulder problem that he suffered in Atlanta when he signed with them two years ago, uh, where he is health wise and, and how he's, uh, you know, throwing the ball. So if he's listen, if he's pitching at a major league level. And I don't see why not sign him because you could definitely use a left-hander in a rotation. Uh, I definitely think you can get a year out of him. I know he's 37. He's up there. So um, he doesn't have a whole lot left in the tank. He's not going to be the Cole Hamels that of, you know, 2008 to 2011, definitely. But he's definitely a guy you can bring in and maybe bring in someone who can come in for a late October run. He has the experience. He has the playoff, uh, you know, experience like I just alluded to. It's definitely something I'd consider. And if he's, uh, you know, listen, the, the Phillies front office is, uh, reportedly upset that not a lot of people are going, you know, to the games and they're not selling out a lot of seats, which is unsurprising. I mean, this team has been a little bit disappointing this year. So, uh, you know, when you get success, then the fans will come. But if you definitely want to sell seats, if you bring back Cole Hamels, it's going to be a sold out crowd. Definitely. So as it pertains to that, but also some trade rumors that we've heard over the weekend, John Hammond tweeted out that Phillies are interested in Byron Buxton, uh, the center fielder in Minnesota. He's a five tool player. He was rated the number one prospect uh, in the whole MLB, MLB minor league system, I believe in 2017, maybe. 
Uh, he was a number one prospect. He's a great player. He's had some injury problems. That's the the big gripe with him. But he's a hell of a player. I think you really would love to put him in center field. Uh, I don't know what you'd be willing to give up. I probably would be hesitant to give up a make a bell or a Byron Stott, their top two prospects that they have because they're just so thin in a minor league system. But I would definitely consider uh, going out and get a guy in center field, even though the biggest problems are probably the bullpen and the starting pitching. But I'd really love to sure up that center field spot. He's a great defender. He's a great at bat. Uh, and he's everything you want in the center field. And I really sure up the lineup. I think you would definitely have a lineup good enough to win the NL East and maybe make a run in, in the playoffs. But it really comes up with pitching, man. And 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 uh, I know another name that, that has been thrown around is the Cubs who are looking to sell is uh, Craig Kimbrell, uh, the closer in, in in Chicago. I don't know what you'd be willing up to give him, but he's definitely a guy who's having a great year. Yeah, I mean he he's had you know a down year, I believe, the past two years, and it's good to see him kind of returning to that. Um, you know, dominant form that we saw him in, in Boston. Um, again, you know, the, the, like you alluded to with the two top prospects is, is really all we have in the minor league system. Um, and again, the Browse is going to have to do a heck of a job of, of digging up some, some, you know, um, potential trades here and, and putting something together. Um, you know, for me, obviously the, the flashy, trade and, and the one that everyone wants to see is Buxton here. Um, you know, just because, you know, the hitting he brings, the you know, he's a great contact hitter. He's obviously a blur on the base base pads and, and a great fielder. Um so that's everything that you want in a in a center fielder and potentially um he could even fight for the leadoff spot, I believe. Um but you know I, I think if if it comes down to him and Kimbrell, you need to shore up this bullpen if you want to make any sort of a run in, in the playoffs. Um, and, and I think if you can, um, you know, again, put something together that doesn't sell the entire farm in the sense of getting rid of Scott or, or the, um, or other top prospects, um, you go ahead and do it. So two interesting names. I'm sure there's going to be a ton more, uh, to emerge as we get closer to the deadline. I believe we're a week and a half out. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Again, the, the biggest challenge for the Phils is, is finding players to, um, you know, give up in the minor league system. And, and it's really tough right now, um, you know, with what we got. So I'm excited. Um, you know, I, I know we were talking about selling a few weeks ago, like I said a little earlier. Um, but again, it comes down to right about now where you make that decision. Are you going to sell um, or are you going to buy? And, and it looks like right now, Phil's are in all buy mode. No, I agree. And look at the standings here for the NL East. The Mets are uh, number one, 47 and 41. The Phillies are to, uh, at number two, 45 and 45, three games back. The Atlanta Braves, like I just said, they lost a Cunha for the year, brought in Jock Peterson. They are 44 and 46. They are four games back, uh, game back from the Phillies and Nationals. I, I believe they gave up 25 runs yesterday to, to the Padres. My buddy was at the game. It was, it was really bad. And they are 42 and 48. They are six games back. And the Miami Marlins are 40 and 51. They're eight and a half. So it looks like they're... Uh, probably out of it. So, listen, the Phillies—they're close, man. They're—they're they're not far off from the Mets. The Nets are definitely not this—you uh, know—great, you know, playoff team like a Padres or a Dodgers or a, a Brasilon team that we see that's a real shot of winning a World Series. So, why not the Phillies? And why not make a run? I mean, it's been a long ten years. This this franchise, uh, you know, have been lost in the thick of it with the Eagles, uh, with the Flyers, back and forth success, and the 76ers, uh, you know, clunker they dropped this year. They've really. Uh, have, have struggled this decade. And, and I think for them to get back to the postseason, I know it's, uh, you know, they have a bigger, there's bigger goals in mind, obviously, in winning a World Series, but it's definitely looking at this team. You, you definitely want to make it back to a postseason. It's been so long. I really forgot what it's like to see a, a sold out crowd at Census Bank Park for a playoff game. It's been so long. So I, I definitely see this team definitely being aggressive at the deadline. Only three games back. You have two games against the Marlins. You have today. And tomorrow you get the Yankees on the road at Yankee Stadium. They're not a great team. I definitely think looking at these four games, especially because Miami, I think you should win these next two games. It was pretty disappointing seeing how they played last night in the in the second game. I know you got Vince Velasquez tonight. You never know where you're going to get out of him. I know he's having a pretty good year for his standard. but uh, And then you got Zach Wheeler Sunday, who's been dominant this year. So I feel like you should definitely get two wins tonight. Well, I mean, it all starts with Velasquez, and, and obviously you know what you're going to get from Wheeler, probably the best pitcher in the NL right now, aside from DeGrom. And um, really in the entire MLB, again, aside from DeGrom, he, he's been having a lights-out year, and, and um, he always brings it. And, you know, Velasquez, i got to give it to him again for his standards. He's been having an incredible year. And, and really, um, you know, it's, it's not really even the uh, production sometimes. Or I'm sorry, it's not really – how many innings he goes, but the production he gives in those. And, and 
Unfortunately, last time, you know, in Boston, I believe two and a third, eight runs given up. So um, he's definitely going to be looking for a bounce back. And if they can get the win tonight, um, I believe they're going to put themselves in a great position, um, you know, to get that win tomorrow with Wheeler. But, you know, the last point I do want to leave off with this Phil's team, I know we're going to hop over to uh, Eagles in a moment, but Again, you know, the consistency. And, and last night is a, a great example. You know, come out, get the win, and, and get production, I may add, from, from Janikowski, which was great to see. Um, but, you know, and then, and then drop a dot in, in the game, in the second game, 7 nothing. So, again, the, the biggest thing is going to be consistency. Um, if the Phils want to put any type of a run together in the, in the second half of this year. Um, and, and, you know, they're closing the margin on the, on the match. Three games. Um, back and, and I believe Connor, they do. You sent me this, um, and we were talking about this. Believe they have the easiest schedule into the second half, so definitely have to use that to their advantage. And I believe, again, if they can start putting some sort of consistent run together, um, they can most definitely overtake the match and, and overtake this NLEs. All right, yeah, let's move to the Eagles because this is an interesting topic that happened. A good friend of our show who came on as guest, John Kincaid, had Adam Schefter on his show. Uh, I believe yesterday morning or two days ago, uh, but Adam Schefter commented on the situation in Houston with Deshaun Watson. Obviously, it's a um, a very messy legal situation. What's going on with him? Uh, but before that, he did request a trade out of Houston, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And he made an interesting comment on his show. He said the Eagles are most equipped to make a run at Deshaun Watson uh, compared to any team out there. And I know that the Dolphins were interested, and some other teams with a lot of draft capital. But the, the Eagles have really have have, have taken a lot of uh, high-ranking picks over the past couple of weeks or the past couple of months uh, with the Carson Wentz trade that could uh, definitely turn into a first-round pick depending on circumstances. And the first-round pick they got from Miami when they traded back in the first round uh, this past year, uh, April draft. So they have about almost three first-round picks next year. That's a lot of uh, capital they can move to get them. And also Mike Tannenbaum, who is a former NFL GM who worked for ESPN, he said that it's it's an open secret that the Eagles are – are, are going to be in on Deshaun Watson when everything is cleared up and, and moving forward. If obviously everything gets cleared up sooner rather than later. Um, I, I know, I, I know Jalen, there's a lot of Jalen Hurts support uh, in, in the Eagles fan base. And rightfully so he's a, he's a great working kid. He's hardworking. Uh, he's obviously not as talented as Deshaun Watson, but I think a lot of people do want to see him succeed here. So what do you, let's say hypothetically Deshaun Watson gets suspended for about eight games and everything gets cleared probably right around the beginning of the season. Uh, would you make a move for Deshaun Watson at that point, or would you hold uh, Sam Pat and let the, uh, Jalen Hurts play out the year as a quarterback? It's it's a really tough decision. I mean, I really, I mean, you can't deny Watson's talent level. You can't deny what he brings to the game. Um, you know all of that stuff. But in saying that, um, just with the you know with the whole episode last year with Wentz and you know, filling his head up with another quarterback's coming in to take your job. It's just the same thing over again. Now, now it's Jalen Hurts in Wentz position. And and again, obviously not to that magnitude because we didn't inquire him yet, but you know, this kid's trying to prepare for the season. This kid's trying to get going for the season. And obviously I know the, the thing that's really holding this up is the legal trouble, but I think you just ride with Hurts. Um, I think you see what he's got. I think you give him one year and, and see what's really going on. Um, and see if he can lead a football team. I, I love the, the idea of getting Watson. Um, I just don't think that this, this team is there yet to give up, you know, that much capital. And, and when I say that is, you know, you look at the team like the Dolphins, and they're well-equipped at, at pretty much every position. They're great defensively. They got a young quarterback at, uh, on the offensive end. They got some good weapons. Um, they're a good, well-built team. They can trade all of those picks and be fine in the future. On the other hand, the Eagles are just not there yet. They have so many untied positions um, that those draft picks could definitely help for the future. Uh, I'm not excluding the the you know Watson trade, um, but definitely I, I just want to see what Hurts you know has this year. It's a very young team, um, and that's the other thing. You know, you got Devontae Smith, you got you know you got a guy obviously like Jalen Hurts, you got Rager, you got Sanders, you got all these young guys on the team coming up together. Um, you know, I would like to see if they can maybe get something going on their end. Um, and, and it's kind of hard to do that if you're just going to trade um, Jalen Hurts away right away. So uh, I, I, right now I'm going to hold off on the Watson stuff. 
Um, I personally want to see what, what hurts Scott. I think if he can build a good relationship also with Sirianni and they can get something going, I really think that this kid has something special in him. He's a hard worker. He's dedicated to the game. And, and you know, he, I'm not, you know, this is going to sound crazy. I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady, but, um, you know, Brady didn't have a high talent level coming in. If you can work hard, I think there's success to be found in this league. So um, I'm sticking with Hurts right now. I want to see what this team has. And, and I really want to see that Hurts and, and Devontae Smith connection this year. Well, Mark, where there's smoke, there's fire. And back in March, CBS Sports reported that the Eagles are interested. They're a strong suitor in Deshaun Watson. The Inquirer back in March 19th said Howie will give up anything he has for Watson. The Houston Chronicle in late March said that there's interest from the Eagles. April 6th, same thing for Houston Chronicle. April 9th, Pro Football, Fo- uh, Pro Football Talk said that there's interest in April. Sports Illustrated. Uh, Peter King in May said that, you know, just interest. So, like, it's obvious that the Eagles are very interested in, in, in Deshaun Watson. And, and I'm not surprised knowing Jeffrey Lurie likes these big moves and likes, uh, you know, being able to attain, uh, obviously, a franchise-level quarterback. And in my opinion, Deshaun Watson's a top-five guy. He really is that great of a player. And what he was able to accomplish in a dis- uh, dysfunctional organization like the Texans uh, is pretty impressive. But obviously, with this whole legal situation, it's so um, – you know, it's so it's so murky. You don't really know where this could possibly go, uh, and really, this could be resolved by tomorrow, or this could be resolved in like four or five, six months, or maybe not even till the end of the season uh, of twenty twenty one. So you just don't know. So I think going now, going forward, you have to roll with Jalen Hurts, and he has to be the guy. Uh, and you have to see what happens and how it plays out with him because uh, there's obviously a lot of public support for Jalen Hurts. He's a great guy, uh, and he has a lot of talent and ups, uh, a lot of upside for going forward. So I think as of right now, the safe play is to go for Jalen Hurts. But if it does come available, you have to look into it because this league is all about franchise quarterbacks. And if you have one, uh, you are really set and really uh, at least a division uh, contender every single year. And I think that, you know, bringing in a guy with Deshaun Watson really helped, you know, push that forward. So, Mark, uh, I'll have to leave you here. I know that you're only going to 1030. Uh, but thanks for calling in, buddy. I appreciate it. Hopefully next week we'll get back in the studio. We'll break down some more sports and hopefully have some more answers to these rumors that are going on. Most definitely, man. I'll be back next week and, and uh, appreciate you uh, understanding. Got to run at 1030, but um, definitely we'll get back at it next week. And, and uh, good show today, man. Yeah, for sure, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, brother. All right. Yeah, that's because it was Mark Rogers. He had to leave early. But on the other side, I'm bringing in my buddy Ryan Powell. I had a show with him on WCUR. Uh, and we'll, we'll be breaking down literally what we've been talking about the first half. There's a lot going on with the Phillies, the Flyers, the Eagles, and maybe even some Sixers talk with Damian Lillard. Uh, again, some rumors, maybe a trade request coming soon. You're listening to Connor and Mark show. It is 1029. We will be right back. Thirty-one here, Connor and Mark. Show we're back after the first half segment. Uh, we had Mark Rogers calling in. He had to run though with a with a hockey game. But I appreciate him coming in on the first half. But joining me now in the second half of the show, uh, host with me for WCUR back in my time at Westchester University. Uh, obviously knows a lot about Philadelphia sports and good friend of mine, Ryan Powell. Ryan, good morning. Thanks for hopping on with me. I appreciate it. Hey, good morning, Connor. Long time no talk about uh, Philly sports. I think the last time we were talking, we were talking about a Sixers finals. But uh, I know, obviously that uh, that ship sailed. I know a lot. Has, a lot has changed since the last time we were on the mics at WCUR. But uh, still a lot going on, man. In the Philadelphia sports, the, let's start with the Phillies. Cause I know you you're a big fan. You've been following for a little well, for a long time, and uh, you know th- this season's a little interesting because it's. You know, they're they're right where they usually are, right at that 500 mark, but they're pretty close in this division race to three games back from the the New York Mets. And the trade deadline is fast approaching. There's some names that we were throwing out earlier on the first segment. Chris Bryant, Greg Kimball from the, from the Cubs who are going to be selling the deadline. And then Byron Buxton came up uh, yesterday as well. So looking at this team, they're three games out uh, of the first of spot in the NL East. What's your mindset with this team? And what, do you think they should buy, sell? Or what do you think they should do on this uh, deadline? It's coming up at 13 days. Um, I think they 100% have to buy, and I think the Atlanta Braves really stomp foot in the uh, the division with going out and basically trading for Jack Peterson for nothing. Um, you can kind of see what the market at is this year. Um, I had kind of like circle around three names that I want the Phillies um, to get. I think one is obviously Chris Bryant. Uh, the Buxton just came up yesterday, but we don't know if he's fully healthy. And there was reports that he wants a contract extension. And the third one for me, and it's kind of the sleeper, is Joey Gallo. I think if, if we can get Joey Gallo and move maybe Bryce Harper over to center field, that lineup can be very, very explosive. And especially, you never know if the DH is going to come back next year. Um, 
or in the near future. Um, but overall, with this Phillies team, I it just I think this team's just frustrating. You know, they play just for example yesterday. I mean, they they looked great yesterday in Game One. Yeah, it was only seven innings, but Jankowski players are stepping up on your bench, and and then you play, you know, Game Two. You have one of your good better pitchers in Zach Eflin and he, and he just kind of just crops the bed. Um, and then you lose seven, nothing. And, and we're just going to need the consistency, um, in order to make these moves. And, and at the end of the day, I think it's just going to be the bullpen and the offense. That's going to lead them into the postseason. Um, hopefully it, hopefully by September. So, yeah, well, you throw an interesting name there. Joey Gallo, obviously, big power hitter was in the Derby, uh, plays for the um, Texas Rangers. But you did say throw Bryce Harper in center field. I have something for you. This is from The Good Fight, uh, who, who covers the Philadelphia Phillies on Twitter. They said in 2019, Joey Gallo logged 309 innings in center field. In those innings, his uh, UZR uh, 150 as a center fielder was 11.5, uh, which was good for six among those with at least 250 plate appearances. So he has had success in center field. And I, I know that. Uh, if you threw Joey Gallo out there, if they trade for Chris Bryant, you throw him out there, they're definitely not going to be uh, a good defensive center fielder. They'll probably be average mm-hmm. at best. But that lineup, man, it, it's scary. And listen, they're already probably around that five runs a game average. I know they, they had a clunker in the second one last night, got shut out, but they didn't have Bryce Harper for it. Uh, and But listen, if you brought in Joey Gallo, who's a power hitter uh, on the left side, which is a great you know, great for guys like Didi and Bryce in that right field, you know, uh, spot at Citizens Bank Park. It's great for lefties, power hitters. I, I think that's a huge uh, addition in that lineup. And uh, if you want to swing your way to the playoffs, that's an interesting tactic. But I, I really think that Joey Gallo bringing him in there, he's a big power hitter. You can probably slot him in at that, you know, fourth spot or, or, or third spot if you want to move Bryce. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. interesting. I didn't really think about Joey Gallo. Yeah, and I mean, also dating back to the Chris Bryant, I mean, if we do get Chris Bryant, you know, Alec Bohm has been struggling. He's been very inconsistent this year. Obviously, something's not right. Um, maybe he's playing with an injury and just not seeing the ball well. But maybe some nights you can just you can have Nick Williams or I mean Luke Williams and Nick Maton out in center field and maybe put um, Chris Bryant over at third and you know rest Alec Bohm. Um, you know Joe Girardi is really going to get his hands full if we do make the moves and the correct moves. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, you know another name we could throw out is Cole Hamels. And the comments yesterday that Joe Girardi made seemed like he really wanted he wants Cole Hamels into this rotation. But I mean who knows? I mean Matt Moore. He pitched a really solid game yesterday for the Phillies. Yeah, it was only four or five innings, I believe. But still, I mean, if he he's your four or five guy, if he can just give you that consistently, the offense provides and the bullpen can just be average. And that's all what we're ask, asking is just to be average, you know. Um, and at the end of the day, I think, and like I alluded to, I think this team does make the postseason. I see the Mets do collapsing. I think the Mets are very overrated in my in my opinion. They only have three really good players, and Pete Alonso only shows up for the home run derby. Lindor's not having that great year, and their their rotation just can't stay healthy, in my opinion. I mean, they lost to the Pirates yesterday, and they had I think their Stroman pitch. I mean, that, that that's a gift yeah. win, in my opinion. Um, but I just feel like the Mets, you know, I kind of had flashback to 2007 because the Mets just uh, released their black uniforms that they're going to start wearing close towards the end of the season. So I don't know, Connor, I'm getting to 2007 vibes with this team right now. Well, it, what does bode well for the Phillies is they have a very easy schedule, you know, coming up here on the second half. And that, you know, I know that the Phillies historically in the past couple of years have played down competition, played up to competition, but they played mm-hmm. the Pirates. They played the Marlins a lot. Uh, they got a lot of bad teams that are coming up here on this road October so that could really help them coming in uh, for a possible playoff spot in a division title but I do want to ask about Cole Hamels because he did work out for teams uh, yesterday and the Phillies were in attendance um, what, what's the likelihood do you think the Phillies sign him and, and would you sign him to probably uh, put him in that fourth fifth spot in the rotation um, hundred percent. Yes. I was, I'm still curious on why he was a free agent. I wanted him since day one, ever since we freed up cap and let Jake Arrieta go. Um, I think I think he'll slide perfectly in the fourth fifth spot, and it just honestly just depends on you know if if, if Vince is pitching well. I mean you can, you can't pitch Vince out and put him in the bullpen. If Matt Moore's still pitching really solid, um, you know you're gonna have to keep him. And then I believe is Chase Anderson still on this team? I kind of yeah, he's in Triple A. He's, he's he's struggling okay. to try and get back up, man. But I think that at this okay. point, I think the Chase Anderson experiment has probably failed. 
Okay. I, he was just a name that kind of just fell off as soon as, uh, like, a couple of weeks into the season, I, I feel like. But I, I do believe Cole Hamels will get signed by this Phillies team. I would really hope so. I think it would just be great for the for the locker room presence. You know, he's on the talent of his career. And hopefully he can kind of play like a Jamie Morier impact that, that we saw, what, God forbid, what, 10 years ago, last time we made yeah. the postseason. So, yeah. I mean... This city is very, very hungry for the postseason, and if they don't make it this year into the postseason, I, I have no clue when they will make it, and we'll just be talking about Eagles training camp soon. Right, you have to throw out a prediction of what the Phillies do here at the deadline. I'd imagine that they, they're going to buy. We saw the report from, I mm-hmm. believe it was Ken Rosenthal, uh, after the Braves made that trade for Jock Petersons, that the Nationals are going to be aggressive, the Mets are going to be aggressive, and the Phillies are going to be aggressive. They're all going to be buyers. They view this division as up in the air, and anybody can take it. Uh, what do you think the Phillies do at the deadline? How aggressive do you think they are? And, and, and what specific players do you think they go get at the deadline? I think they are going to be very aggressive. Um, I mean, but these next couple games and series, which they should win both series between, I think it's the Marlins and the Marlins, obviously the Yankees. And I believe I forget the last one coming up, but I believe they're going to be in this hunt. I wouldn't be surprised if they're a game and a half out by the end of the month. And I think we get Chris Bryant and Cole Hamels. Yeah, I agree, man. I think that this is setting up to be uh, a pretty interesting run here, and hopefully the Phillies are aggressive at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Let's move into the Flyers, because uh, I believe today at 5 p.m., the expansion draft list, protection list for each team in the NHL will be released by then, and the Flyers projected list, uh, which was put out by Sam Gargitti, who covers the Flyers, I believe, for the Philadelphia Inquirer. He put out the the, the following names, Claude Giroux as a no-movement clause, Kevin Hayes, Sean Couturier, Scott Walton, Travis Konechny, Oscar Lindblom, Nolan Patrick, Ivan Provorov, Sanheim Myers, and Carter Hart are all going to be um, put on this projected uh, on this uh, protected list for the expansion draft. This is the projection so far. We'll know for sure by later at five o'clock. Um, who do you think right now is the most likely name to get picked? Because Jake Voracek is left off that list. JVR is left off that list. Shane Goss Bear, Nick Obeku Bell as another name. Uh, who do you think is the likely flyer to be taken in this expansion draft coming up by the Seattle Kraken? I think uh, the popular pick's probably going to be um, that everyone wants to say and agree on is probably uh, Voracek and JVR. But I just have a deep down feeling that the Kraken are going to take uh, Ove Cubell just because he's going to be a, that type of player that shows in night in and night out. And he and he did that for the Flyers, but you know the penalty just cost him. Um, so I believe they're going to take Nick, Nick Ove Cubell. Uh, really? You think they're going to take well, mm-hmm. well, that's not going to bode well for the Flyers going forward, um, you know, well, with, with money-wise. Vegas took Pierre from us, and he was a solid player on the penalty kill. And it just I just have a feeling that, you know, Dave Haxall, he's just and that Seattle team, or he's going to take a gritty player like that. That's going to obviously, I think, build a, build around. I think you're looking at two really solid players that are around in the league of Ben Bishop and PK Subban. Looks like they, they might make their way over to Seattle. So I wouldn't be surprised if if you know they look at this Flyers team and maybe take like a, a nice player that's low on money and Nico Kubel that will show up night in and night out that can play anywhere honestly in the bottom six of your lineup and be a great penalty killer if he stays out of the box. No, I, I agree. I mean, listen, he is an interesting guy, and he plays a pretty big role in the bottom six for the Flyers. But mm-hmm. I know they're looking for Jake Voracek to hopefully get taken and clears a lot of money, and along with JVR and Shane Goss' bear. But, uh, you know, I still think they it's take just Voracek. The contracts. Yeah, I know. It's just the contracts at the end of the, the, end of the day. Yeah, well, that's going to free up a lot of money because they have to go get uh, mm-hmm. you know, a defenseman or maybe even a third-line setter. This team needs some need to make some big moves. And, and I threw this out the mark in the first segment because uh, Chuck Fletcher was responsible for signing both Zach Parise and Ryan Suter in Minnesota. What do you think the likelihood is they go after and get those two guys? I think they're going to be more focused in on uh, Suter um, down, at, uh, down at the defensive hole. I think if you get him on a nice contract, he can easily slide in your number one or maybe even two and play with. I would love to see him play with Cam York. You know, kind of mature Cam York because I believe Cam York will make the team out of camp and play the full season with the Flyers. Um, and I just, I don't know. I kind of don't want to have Parise. He kind of fell off um, the, these past couple of years just with injuries um, and stuff like that. And and honestly, I just want to have the young guys that you know that we that we talk about so much that we developed in Hax and um, Hextall whenever he was GM. I would love to see like these young guys kind of develop and play into their role, kind of like how we saw with Wade Allison towards the tail end of the season. So um, if I'm Chuck Fletcher, I kind of look at, if I'm looking at them too, I want to look at more Ryan Soder and maybe you can 
roll the dice and trade for Tarasenko, bring in a player like maybe Johnny Gaudreau. But it just all depends on what we're who Seattle takes, and it's just going to be a domino effect after that. Yeah, the expansion draft will be this Wednesday. Uh, coming up here for the Seattle Kraken. That plays a huge factor with what's going to happen for the All-Season for Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on the Connor and Mark Show. Ryan Powell joining in as a guest here for the second half of this uh, hour. Um, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about those rumors from uh, the Eagles side with Deshaun Watson, maybe touch a little bit of some rumors on the 76ers with Damian Lillard. You're listening to the Connor and Mark Show here. 1043 will be right back. Ten forty-five here. Last segment of the Connor and Mark show. Joining with Ryan Powell for filling in for Mark Rogers. Thanks, Ryan, for doing this again. I really appreciate it, buddy. But moving into uh, the Eagles side of it, I, I know we broke this down on the first half of the hour, but obviously a lot of rumors coming forward this past week, which is a little bit surprising, leading up to training camp, which I believe is about what today's uh, what's today's date? Today's the, I believe the sixteenth today, or it's the seventeenth. The seventeenth. So, so it's ten days until uh, training camp starts for the Philadelphia Eagles and Novacare Complex. That, that listen, that's uh, it's it's. I know there's a lot of Phillies talk, uh, but once July twenty seventh hits, man, it's it's all Eagles from now until uh, till January. So starting off with the rumors though, with with Deshaun Watson, obviously he's he's a little bit of legal trouble down in Houston, but before that, he did request a trade out of the the Texas organization. And really, since then, the, the the Eagles have been probably the biggest name on him, and, and really want mm-hmm. to bring in him. Um, I, I, where do you stand on that front? And then with Jalen Hurts, I know there's a lot of public support for Jalen Hurts, and rightfully so. He's a great kid with a great work ethic, work ethic, uh, and someone who has really overcome a lot, being from uh, the Alabama program and transferring from there to Oklahoma. Uh, what do you think? Where, where do you think the Eagles go from here? And what what would you do if you're Howie Roseman with this situation? Would you hold out and let's see what Jalen Hurts has? I think you just hold out and see what Jalen Hurts has. Um, and, you know, right away, I think it's the locker room presence that Jalen Hurts brings. You know, people are saying the Eagles have a bad locker room presence in the culture, et cetera. But Jalen Hurts posted this video yesterday on uh, his Instagram page. It was like more of like a hype video and mini highlights of what he did last season and stuff like that. And I follow a couple other players like Jalen Rager, Hightower, uh, Darius Slay. They were all reposting it and just were putting the goat emoji or – fire emoji and stuff like that. So it looks like this team is very behind Jalen Hurts. And I feel like Nick Sirianni and this new culture is, you know, going to work for this Eagles team. And it's going to be a nice new vibe. And I'm really curious to see how this offense develops with Jalen Hurts. And why not just give the kid a chance? You know, we're in a mediocre division. We can go, what, 7-10 and and still possibly win it with being 17 games. So why not just give this guy a chance? I would rather hold on to the draft picks and in the cap space and because we just don't know with Sean Watson yet. And if, if it does clear out and Jalen Hurts isn't the guy, then a hundred percent go after Deshaun Watson. But right now I think the focus just needs to stay on Jalen Hurts just because we saw what happened last year with the whole Carson Wentz and the Jalen Hurts and all the rumors and how it kind of just broke down this team. And we saw it slowly develop throughout the season, week in, week out. You definitely have to keep monitoring the situation with Deshaun Watson. And, and mm-hmm. listen, from our point of view, you can't really know. We're not, you know, we've heard the allegations and 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 I encourage people to see them. It's pretty, uh, on, you know, pretty gross to read, but uh, you have to keep monitoring it. You have to figure it out. But I do agree. Jalen Hurts, listen, he's a great kid. He's super talented, and they invested a second-round pick. It's not a first-round pick, but it's still pretty high. A second-round pick is, is a pretty good asset to give up for a guy, especially when he already had a franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. and, which basically led to him getting run out of, well, not really run out of town, but basically leaving to his, uh, his tenure at the Eagles to an end. But you have to, I think, give him this year. I, I think that um, he definitely has the upside, in my opinion. He doesn't have the talent upside, per se, but he definitely has the leadership role and, and the mentality that you want in a franchise quarterback, and I think that's good enough to give him you know, a 16-, 17-game se- season to see what he has uh, and to see what he can bring to this team, and especially the new rookie coach, Nick Sirianni, uh, see what those two can do together. And we'll see. I mean, listen, seven eight wins, I know, in a, in a normal season, uh, is not good enough and not what the fans want. But I think in this type of mini rebuild, retool that they have here with the organization, I think that's a pretty good season, especially uh, Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts is putting up good numbers. And, and you got young players like Devontae Smith and Miles Sanders and Dallas Goddard putting up good numbers. I think that's what you want to see out of this team. And hopefully with Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, they have three first round picks hopefully next year. If Jalen Hurts goes out there and proves that he can be a, a really good quarterback that he can win with and hopefully uh, win a Super Bowl with eventually those three first round picks can be crucial to, uh, to you know bring in young talented guys 
um, you know, like like a young cornerback or a young, you know, wide receiver or a young offensive lineman that could really change the outlook of this organization. So if if Jalen Hurts goes out there and balls and, and proves that he can be a great player, that's even better for the Eagles going forward next offseason. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you, and, I'm, and I just want to make this point, point out. I don't think the Eagles would have taken Devontae Smith if Jalen Hurts wasn't their guy. And I think they and that would just kill Devontae Smith if if Jalen Hurts was traded. And I, you just can't kill that rookie's confidence or even a second-year player. Um, and you made a good point with Dallas Goddard. I think Dallas Goddard is going to be a sleeper pick, and he's going to be so explosive this year um, heading, into the, heading into the season. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if we're talking about paying him a lot of money in the next year or two whenever his rookie contract is up. No, it's definitely going to be a lot of rumors coming up on the next coming into training camp, but I'm, I'm excited. I love when training camp reports and, and obviously a lot of the beat guys get to go see them play and, and seeing how everybody's performing in training camp. And, and those of these preseason games are fast approaching. I believe the first one's like August 12th. So it's less than a month. Believe, is the, yeah. yeah, the first mm-hmm. pre- first preseason game, I believe it's going to be against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to see some action for Jalen Hurts, uh, Devontae Smith, and a lot of these young guys are going to be coming in. Um Okay, I want to move over to Damian Lillard because we've got 10 minutes left. Uh, he did speak with the media yesterday. He said he did not formally request a trade with the Portland Trailblazers, but he also did say that he's not uh, 100% certain about his future going forward with the Portland Trailblazers. So he left open the door of possibly requesting a trade out of Philadelphia. And I know that the odds came out for where Damian Lillard would be playing, uh, you know, where Damian Lillard would be playing next year. The Knicks and the Sixers are up on top of that list. I believe they're plus 750 at this point, which is pretty high. Um, I, I listen. What deal would you be willing to give up for uh, Damian Lillard? He is one of the best guards in in the N- uh, NBA, one of the clutch players in the league. Uh, would you be willing to give up a package? Let's say a Ben Simmons, Thibel, um, let's say a first round pick, and then uh, what? Maybe Maxi as well. Would you be willing to give up something like that? I, that that now that last one is going to be tough to. That's going to be a hard pill to swallow. The only thing that scares me with this Damian Lillard is his age. And I would hate to give up a player like Tyrese Maxey um, in order to get a player like Damian Lillard just for, what, four or five years, if that, because I can really see uh, Tyrese Maxey being a very, very skilled player and even maybe a top 10 player soon at the point guard position and even like the next couple of years. You know, he really developed throughout the season without having a summer league preseason. And he just, he worked his way for the minutes. Um, and you saw that toward the tail end of the season. Um, so, I mean, that's just going to be a tough pill to swallow. Me, personally, I don't think we get Damian. I think he's going to stay up in Portland this year. Um, and the only move I really see the Sixers kind of making um, low-key is just going out and getting a player like Kyle Lowry because they they've been interested in him. I don't think they're going to get the right package for Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is going to stay at least till the All-Star break or even the trade deadline next year. Um, just because of where his value is. And I don't think the Sixers are just going to trade him for a B-minus type level player. But w- would um, you be willing to bring back Ben Simmons after what we saw uh, Game yes. 7? Uh, it's, do you think that the locker room can handle that, in a sense? I I, I would say yes, um, and I would put him at the four, Ben, and, and have Maxi play at the one. And I, I, mean, per, I, I was at Game 7, and seeing and seeing the way Ben played and in person, um, and, you know, and what he does on TV, it, it's, it's unique to watch. And, you know, it sucked that he did pass up that dunk. But at the end of the day, and I'm not just looking at this Atlanta. Uh, yeah, we understand he didn't score a lot in this Atlanta season, uh, Atlanta series, but he did lock down Trey Young. And and Trey Young really didn't do anything in Game 7, and it was players around him. And the team just flat out just didn't show up. Um but like I said, I give Ben Simmons, if they don't like the value, till the all-star break or the trade deadline next year. Yeah, and he'll it, be out of town. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm a little skeptical on, on bringing him back. I think that you know, I don't. I wouldn't be opposed to putting him at the four. I just would he be opposed to that is the question because I know he's he comes off as a little bit emotionally fragile and you don't want to. You know, we saw Doc Rivers mm-hmm. you know criticize more Tobias Harris when he was struggling and rightfully so, but he would obviously you know go on with kick gloves when he was talking about Ben Simmons and stuff like that. So I, I'm really skeptical at that point. But I, I would ask you on this front, um, you know, if they maybe if Lillard may not be the guy 
who else would you be willing to sell off for Ben Simmons? I know Bradley Beal's a name, but listen, he hasn't requested out of Washington yet. I know there's some other trades like the Kings offered like Marvin Bagley and, and Buddy Heald. I know that uh, Indiana offered Malcolm Brogdon. I, you know, would you be willing to make a deel like that? I, I'm a little, you know, against defense yeah. of one sell on the dollar. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't like those last two with Indiana and Sacramento. They just the value with Ben Simmons. I mean, he's a two-time All Star. Everyone's forgetting about this, and he's still a young player. And we're just not going to trade him for B minus type level players. Um, I think the only two players that you can really trade Ben Simmons for, and you can really mold around him, is like you alluded to, Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal are the only two players that I really want um, on this Sixers team. If not, you kind of just you know. See how Ben does. I mean, you know, we're going to have a summer league. We're going to have a preseason. And, you know, the Sixers team, they got the number one seed in a COVID-type year that had a stretch of games that was like no other. Five games and seven nights. You know, this team was tired, barely limited practice time. So maybe Ben does work well at the four. And we see it work and develop um, in the preseason and stuff like that. Who knows? Um, but, But like I said, I don't think Damian Lillard will be a sixer, even though it hates for me to say that because he's my second player. I love to watch him. I think he's going to stay up in Portland. Bradley Beal obviously doesn't want to leave Washington or hasn't reported that he wants to leave. So, like I said, I think the Sixers are just going to have to maybe go out for a player like Kyle Lowry. Yeah, we're going to see, obviously, uh, what could possibly happen. Uh, Coming up with the 76ers and, and what kind of trade rumors are we going to be having with Ben Simmons as it pertains to him? Uh, is there anything we haven't talked about? I mean, I mean, we touched on everything. The Phillies, Flyers, uh, you know, Sixers and, and Eagles. Anything you want to mm-hmm. lead the floor? We got four minutes left. Anything you want to touch on uh, with everything going on in Philadelphia sports? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I hope the Phillies can really make the postseason, man. It's been a long time coming. And I, and I touched a little bit with uh, you and Connor for like the last five minutes before I hopped on it. And you're saying you haven't seen a packed Citizens Bank Park in, in, what, 10 years, it feels like. So, I mean, I would just love to see if the Phillies can just go on a run. And it would just be great to see if they could possibly, you know, clinch a postseason and win a series. That would be great because, you know, this Phillies team can play well against above 500 level type teams. But then they're like the Flyers a couple years ago. They can't beat the below 500 level teams. So I'm just curious to see how this this Phillies team develops in the next couple of weeks or so, and heading into the uh, dog days of summer in, in August, and hopefully they're, they're playing postseason ball because I really miss it. Ryan, I appreciate you hopping on for the second half of the show, and hopefully you get back uh, when Mark's in studio. Definitely want to see what happens to expand your draft with the Phillies coming up with the trade deadline, man. Yep, of course. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. That was Ryan Powell, uh, former guest from WCUR in my days, and, and I'm glad to have him on talking about everything with Photo Sports. I appreciate everybody from listening uh, to the Connor and Mark show every Saturday morning. Uh, thanks to Mark, who called in on the first half, and especially Ryan, who called in on late notice on the second half. So we'll be back next Saturday. We'll be, uh, at that point, it'll be six days away from the trade deadline for the Philadelphia Phillies. Maybe they make a move in the next week. Maybe they push it uh, all the way to that deadline on, Je- on July, I believe, 29th it would be. Uh, or July 30th. The Phillies uh, will be on today. Vince Velasquez on a mound. I think that they win today. I think it's be a bounce-back game for Vinny V after a very disappointing outing in Boston. Uh, and then also the Flyers uh, trade or the expansion draft is going to be Wednesday. We are unsure if we're going to be doing a, a live reaction to that or we're going to be doing uh, just a reaction after it. Uh, but make sure to tune in Wednesday night. That'll be the expansion draft, and that'll really start the role for the Philadelphia Flyers offseason, a big offseason, and try and get back to the playoffs and make a run for a Stanley Cup Finals. So uh, I want to thank everybody for listening for the Connor and Mark Show here on 1520 WCHE. Tune in next week, and make sure you don't touch that dial. Life unedited will be up coming up next. So this is Connor Gable. I'll see you guys next week.